This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, the senior pastor of Metamorphosis Christian Center, Pastor Fumi Ashaolu. Remain blessed as you listen. Gradually, the month of April is almost over. But one thing we've celebrated very well this month of April is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have have celebrated very well, um, especially with taking of communion all the weeks in this month. All the Sundays we've had communion. Today will not be an exception. After the second service, we'll have communion again. The Lord Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He said, as often as you do it. Amen. Hello. As often as you do it in remembrance of me. So every time we take communion, We are doing it in remembrance of Jesus. We are reminding ourselves of the awesome work that he did in going to the cross to die for your sin and my sins. Amen. And for delivering us from the old of sin. Amen. We thank you for this morning. We bless your name for bringing us here. Lord, we bow our hearts as our heads are bowed. We bow our hearts and we ask, O God, that you ride into our lives even with your truth this morning. Lord, I ask that we will arise from here, having more confidence to approach you in the name of Jesus. Spirit of truth, this meeting is released into your care. We ask, Almighty God, that you will say all that you need to say, and it will cause your power to back up your word in the name of Jesus. We receive life, even as your word is read and explained, and we receive grace to practice in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father, for we've prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to conclude this month. I'm looking at the topic, Victory by the Blood, the Power of My Life. And indeed, it is the power of your own life also. Victory by the Blood, and it is the power of our life. That is how our lives are powered. The victory that lies in the blood of Jesus. We want to, we want to, we're trusting the Lord that we will understand the victory much more so that we can, we can re- more, more power can be released into our lives. Amen. Verse 11 of Revelation 12 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto the death. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. This scripture is saying to us that they were able to do that overcoming. They were able to attain to that victory by the blood of the Lamb, by the power that resides in the blood of the Lamb. That was how Angel Michael and the angels were able to overcome the enemy, who is the accuser of the brethren. That is how even today we are able to overcome him still, you know, in our situations, in our circumstances. And this morning... I want to share with us a couple of my thoughts, you know, on this topic. I have a couple of thoughts that I just want to, you know, just um, look at them one after the other and expound, you know, talk about them, share my thoughts with you. What we know is that in the blood of the Lamb, every believer has victory. By the blood of the Lamb, all of us have victory. Not a one-time victory, but a victory that is progressive. A victory that does not stop. A victory that knows no barrier, that knows no end. Amen. A victory that is continuous. That is what we all have by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And the truth is, for this, for this, for this victory to be, your, to be your reality every time, you need to believe in the power that resides in the blood of Jesus. Amen. What did I say? For this victory to be released to you every time, you need to come to terms that there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. That blood that was shed, there is power inside that blood. And that power was not a power that was there for a one time and is no more there. That power is still very much available. That power is still available today. So as a believer in Jesus, you need to be convinced of the power that the blood of Jesus has with God. That is one of my thoughts. As a believer, I need to be convinced of the power that the blood of Jesus has with God. When that blood is applied, whether in heaven or is applied in, on earth, 
when it is applied in any situation, as a believer, I need to be convinced of the power that the blood of Jesus has with God. There is, there is power in that blood. That blood has power with God. The blood of Jesus has the ability to, it has redeemed us. It has reconciled us back to God. Amen. This power that resides in the blood of Jesus is, is what makes available sanctification. Sanctification is, it, it, makes you, it, makes you, it makes you separate unto God as a holy vessel, as a holy person, irrespective of the sins that we might have committed. And you know, even when you still fall short once in a while, Amen. There is a power in the blood of Jesus that is able to make sanctification possible. Sanctification says this person is set apart, away from the world. When the Lord looks at the world, he sees chaos, he sees, he sees decadence, he sees sin, he sees immorality, he sees evil. Amen. The Bible said in the time of Noah, he, he looked upon the earth and he, 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 he bothered the Lord. The Lord was grieved. He was pained that he made man. Why? Because he saw a lot of evil that he did not intend to be with man and he saw it in man. I tell you the situation is clearly the same today. Amen. Even Jesus said to us, and Isaiah make us know also, that gross darkness will come upon the earth and what? Gross darkness the people. So even in these days, we have, I'm sure we have more evil in these days than the time of Noah. But the Lord looked at the time of Noah and he just could not stand what he saw. He decided, you know what, let's just start again. Let's, let's just clear all of these things and start all over again. This, this clay is marred in my hand. Let's just, you know, let's just trash it and let me build something fresh. And, you know, God did that. He destroyed the whole of the earth and he started again. Today, when he looks still... He sees the decadence. But one thing is different. He sees you. He sees myself. And he sees us as separated. He sees the church as separated. He sees the church as a clean entity. Outside of all of these things that is going on on the earth. That is made possible by the blood of Jesus. God looks upon the earth and he sees you. He sees myself. He sees as many as have come to the Lord Jesus as separated. Amen. Sanctification is made available, made possible by the power that resides in the blood. Reconciliation that happened to you, that happened to me, was made possible. That reconciliation will happen to some people today. That reconciliation will happen to some people during the week. Amen. They will come to God. They will, recon they will be reconciled back to God. That is made possible by the power that is in Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood. So um, justification is made available. Justification says you have favor with God. You've been justified. That is power that the blood of Jesus makes available. Deliverance from sin is made possible by the power that resides in the blood of Jesus. That is why this, this month we decided we're going to look at the blood of Jesus. And I've said to you that as a believer, you need to be really convinced that there is power in the name of Jesus. Not mental assent. Not something that you say by words. and you, can, you know, we can say a lot of things. We can even say a lot of prayers without thinking. Amen. Some of us drove here this morning. You really did not think of your, your, the fact that you were, you were driving. Am I correct? You weren't, you've come to a level of unconscious incompetence, right or wrong. You drove here. Of course, you were conscious, but somehow, largely, you, you, were, you were just driving. You were not too careful, trying to see, is that car going to hit me? Am I going to hit somebody? You just drove. You need to come to a place where you know sufficiently that there is power that resides in the blood of Jesus. There is power in that blood. That wasn't, it wasn't something that happened one time. It is something that is forever there. Amen. It is forever there. And that power is something that clears, that, that, that uh, you know, destroys the old of sin over your life and over my life. Amen. You need to come to a place of consciousness. That is one of my thoughts. That is, I need to be convinced that there is power in this blood. Not something that happened when I gave, gave my life to Christ. But there is power today. There is power. There will forever be power. There is so much power that we cannot exhaust in the blood of Jesus. The, the, another thought that I would want to bring to the fore, like this Revelation 11, 12, 11 says to us, it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame. 
announcement here is something that did not happen just once and assist. This is something that will forever be. Amen. It is a progressive victory. Amen. I want you to recognize or bring to your mind that this is, is not a victory that happened one time. It is a victory that will continually happen in my life. As I face circumstances, as I face challenges, this victory that I expect will be manifested through the power that resides in the blood of Jesus. It says here they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. This is a progressive victory. This announcement here is something that has happened to me, that will yet happen to me, that is even happening to me right now, that will happen to several other people. It is a progressive what? Revelation. A progressive declaration, a progressive victory. It's not a one-time victory. It's not something that happens once in a while. It's my life. We are victorious. Amen. We are victorious by the blood. Jesus paid the price for it. Whenever the blood of Jesus is mentioned, whenever the blood of Jesus is applied by faith, energy goes in that direction. The power of God goes in that direction. Amen. I know that as I'm saying it, some of you will think in your hearts, well, I know. I know these things. But the truth is, if we know it as sufficiently as we know it, we will use it more. We will live in the reality of it more. But what happens most times is that the, 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 the realization of this victory is meant to be by faith in us. You know, as with everything that is in the kingdom of God. Everything that is in the kingdom of God is laid hold of on by what? By faith. Everything in the kingdom is laid hold, you lay hold of everything by faith. The same with this victory. We lay hold of it by faith. And the truth is, there are times that you are high on laying hold. There are other times that you are low on laying hold. That is what happens most times. We have a mental understanding in our head that the power of God is, you know, there is power in the blood. Jesus has shed his blood for me. I have access to God. I have power with God. But we shy away from utilizing this power most times for a couple of reasons. The Bible says in, um, it says in 1 John 5, 4 to 5, it says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This victory is released to you by faith. And our faith is not something we should turn on and off. But unfortunately, that is what we do most times. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We lay hold of victory by faith. You lay hold of victory by faith. When we don't, when we don't you know, release faith then we come short of victory, even in several areas of our lives. And we come short on, you know, for some reasons. For, uh, you know, one reason can be unbelief. You come short. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6 that everyone that comes to God must believe that what? You must, you must know, you must believe it that God does what? He exists. And then two is a rewarder of those that, will, that, that come to him, rewarder those that, that seek him, rewarder of those that put their trust and their confidence in him. He responds to them. God responds to that faith that you have put inside, that you have put upon him. You must know. So this faith, um, victory is, is realized as we use our faith. But most of the time, we don't release our faith because there is unbelief. I sometimes doubt it. I know the blood of Jesus has redeemed me. I have become a Christian now. But there are other challenges that we have in our lives that we don't release our faith as much as we should. At times when we pray, we pray like hoping God will hear me. Hoping that God will, God will do something about this. Hoping that God will come to my aid. And that is not what the Bible says when we do like that. You are hoping. That is you are saying maybe, maybe not. He says such a person does not receive anything from the Lord. What I'm trusting that the Lord will do for us today is that you will arise from here with greater confidence towards God. That every time we come before him, you know, in prayers or in asking for anything, in making a demand, you have more confidence that, you know, victory has been gotten for you. It's not that it, it will be gotten. You have victory already in every aspect of life. Part of the reason why we don't experience victory at times or where we come short in releasing our faith is there is unbelief in our hearts concerning some things. And that can be taken care of as you release yourself to know what God has made available to you. I was saying yesterday, you know, on a particular group that I belong to, 
that Christians are the ones that we are the laziest, you know, when it comes to several things. We are very lazy about some things. Unbelief is tackled by what? Get, get to know. The Bible says faith comes by what? By hearing the word of God. Unbelief makes you short of the victory that you should have in several other aspects of your life. Maybe God expects that you will come, you will have 100 fold, 90 fold in some things, but we just live by 30 fold. We live by 30%, 40%, and we manage it. But God is saying, I have called you as kings and priests. What I have for you is much more than the level at which you are living. I expect you to come up higher. But we come short because there is unbelief in our hearts when it comes to some things. How is unbelief tackled? Unbelief is tackled as we release ourselves to know what has been made available for us. When you don't condone laziness, when you don't, um, when you don't condone laziness, when you don't just accept anything that comes by because you don't want to apply yourself. You don't want to do so much. You don't want to, you know, tarry in the place of prayer. You don't want to go through the rigors of fasting, for instance. You don't want to go through the disciplines of reading the word of God. You expect that somebody will just know this word of God and release it to you or teach you. And there is a place for that. But there is a place where you are supposed to accept responsibility for your lives also. Accept responsibility. What has the word of God said about me? What has the word of God said about this situation? What is the kind of life that God expects of me? God, the way I'm living, is this the way you have expected me to live? Are you expecting more from my life? What more can I do? What more can I trust you for? What more can I release my faith into? We come short of faith, and by that we come short of victory because of unbelief. Another reason why we come short of faith and by extension victory is ignorance. Ignorance. And it's still the same thing. Know the word. Fellowship with the word. Message has been preached. Listen to it again. You thought you heard something. As you go through again, you'll be shocked at how much you will hear. Amen. Some of the things that we are, you know, um, you know we, are, we are comfortable with that we know is every day I get up, I get dressed, I go to work. Every day I get up, I get dressed, I go to work. I get up, I get dressed, I go to work. There is more to your life and you will actually get more out of that getting up, getting dressed and going to work if you will also do more in this area of getting to understand, getting to know what has the Lord made available for me. The Lord made available this week and the week that went before. What, what, what has been different? Have you, have you um, applied yourself to know more of what God has released to you? Do you know more? Do you know what you are laboring for? If you are stopped in life, what would you say you are gunning for? Are you increasing in the knowledge of what God has made available to you? Are you learning how to lay hold of these things that he has made available for you? And you just want to be sure that you are not living life, you know, just you know, day after day, just going on and going on. You want to understand what are the things that God has made available. Ignorance is one way through which the enemy robs the church, robs the people of God. Ignorance. Ignorance of the life or the quality of life that God expects of you. Quality of life. It's good to sit down and ask yourself once in a while, what is the quality of life that God expects of me? Am I living that quality? Is there a drive, is there a genuine drive on the inside of you to go for more? To have more qualitative life than what you are living right now? Is there a drive? In recent times, you know, my prayer has been, God, help me, to, help me to, to, to just be hungry for all that you want for me. That is the perfect life. Not what you want for yourself. Because that will always come short of what God wants for you. The best is God. Can you make me see myself the way you see me? I want to know the things that you have put on the inside of me. I want to know the kind of life that you have planned for me. I don't want to live short of what you have planned. I help me to see, open my eyes. And it should be your prayer too as you go through the day, every time. In your struggle against sin, in your strive for more in your life, you want to say, God, how do you see me? What do you have for me? You don't want to live by ignorance because that is one way that the enemy cheats us. You don't want to live by ignorance. The enemy cheats us through ignorance. And the third way he cheats us is when we don't, we don't persevere. When we become overwhelmed by things that we see. And you just say, you know what, I can't kill myself. I will just, like they say, good is the enemy of best. John in, um, um, 
That, was, that should be in Matthew. Matthew 14, 13. That was Peter. It wasn't John. Matthew 14, 30. Sorry. Matthew 14, 30. The Bible says, but when he saw... Where's that now? Okay. This is Peter. He said, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. This is what happens to most of us. He even cried out to the Lord. But when we see the things that, you know, we are contending with, when we see the challenges at times, we just want to do the minimum, minimum required. And this, this, this is... Um, it's evident in several aspects of our life. We don't do it with, between us and God alone. For some people, you know, for most people, he, he, he just, um, he rubs off on everything in your life. When it comes to your job, when it comes to your commitments, maybe in church, your commitment at work, in the office, your commitments, maybe in the family, your commitment to something, you've made up your mind, you will do something. When the challenges begin to come, when you begin to see the boisterous wind, you just take it easy. So we let go of the participation that we should, we should have with God. When we are meant to persevere, Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. When we are meant to go on, when we are meant to press in, when we are meant to just keep going and not, you know, you keep pressing the, the accelerator and pumping gas, you just take it easy and say, let this, let this car be on auto drive. You see, you know some people that do that. They don't use the energy. Uh, drivers do that at times when there is poor scarcity. When they get into a sloppy place, they, just, they, just, they don't use the gas anymore. They just allow the car run, you know, like that without gas. That's what we do at times. And it robs us of the victories that we should have. It robs us of the ability to release faith, to take hold or to lay hold of victory in our lives. Amen. So you want to, be, you want to watch yourself and be sure that you are not, you're not plagued by these things. You are not plagued by unbelief. And the antidote to these things is continual looking at the perfect law of liberty, looking at the word of God, you know, pushing yourself, driving yourself to understand what has been freely given to you, exercising your, yourself in all of the things that you are living. Amen. You want to be sure that you are not plagued by unbelief. You are not plagued by ignorance of what Jesus has done. You are not plagued by, you know, not participating. In that victory, because of what you are saying, you just leave it and you know you get overwhelmed and you just leave it. That is not what God what God wants of us. Jesus said in John 16:33, He said, Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Our victory is by faith. That's another thought. Our victory is by faith, as as is everything in the in the kingdom of God. Our victory, we lay hold of it by faith. We lay hold of it as every other thing in the kingdom of God. We lay hold of victory by faith. You want to increase in the knowledge of what Jesus has done. You don't want to allow unbelief, ignorance, and lack of participation to, to, to deny you of the victory that you should have in Jesus Christ. When you know that you have, you, you have um, what's it called? Um, when you know that you have victory in Jesus Christ, faith is released more. Is released more. You can participate with Jesus. Amen. You can participate with God. I want us to just take a look at some of these um, scriptures. Leviticus 17, 11 to 14. Leviticus 17, 11 to 14. I have just about like three scriptures. I just want to look at the blood of Jesus, you know, and zero in more. Okay. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Let's, let's wait at this verse 11. One of the things that we see in this verse 11 is the life of the flesh. So now we are zeroing in on the blood of Jesus. I just want us to take a, a small look at the blood. We've, we've talked about this almost all through the month. But I, want to, I just want you to be reminded of it. You know, looking at the blood. It says, life of the flesh, life of any animal, life of any man is inside the blood. It says in, um, towards, the end, um, towards the end of it, that verse 11, it says, the blood, it is the blood of a human being or the blood of an animal that atones for the soul. Atonement means it, it makes payments. Atonement is the same thing as reconciliation. 
It, it is through the blood that payment is made. And we will get into that very soon. You, will, you understand why payment needs to be done. He said life of any human being is inside the blood. So when we say blood of Jesus, the life of Jesus is inside his blood. That is what makes that blood powerful. Amen. This is the blood, uh, the blood of the Son of God that had no sin. This is the blood of more or less God. He, has, that, that is the, he, he makes the life of God available to you and I. The, power that is in the blood of Jesus is by reason of who shed the blood. It was Jesus that shed the blood. This is not the bl blood of goats. It is not the blood of sheep. And even the blood of sheep and goats, you want to recognize that he has power. If you want to contend that he doesn't have power, you know, the times that, you know, um, in the times of old, in the Old Testament, the priests could not enter into the holiest of all without blood. Amen. If you want to contend if there is, as I'm just trying to make you see, I'm comparing now the blood of God and the blood of Jesus. There is power, tremendous power that is available in the blood of Jesus. And I'm saying to you that when you look at the blood of goats, as little as that sin, it, it had power in its season. God said to the priest, he could not, the high priest, he would just enter into the holiest of all once in a year. And he dared not come without the blood. If, if, if any priest had wanted to say, we don't even know self, all this blood, all, are we sure there is even life? Are we sure there is even power? Are we sure this Leviticus 11, 17, 11 is even true, that life is in the blood? Let me just try and enter without the blood. Do you know what happened to those that tried that? They died. They died. For you to know that there is power inside blood. They tried to enter. The Bible said, you know, you were, even if you enter without, you have the blood, but you didn't do all the rituals very well before coming in. Such a person was prone to death. So the, the, the blood of Jesus has tremendous power because of the person that shed the blood. It, it, it is the blood of Jesus. The blood of one that was without sin. The blood of the one that, has, that are, is standing as our representation, the representation of the whole of the human race. Amen. Let's see verse 12, please. Leviticus 17, 12. It says, therefore I said to the children of Israel, no one among you shall eat blood, nor shall any stranger who dwells among you eat blood. Verse 13. For it is, no, whatever man of the children of Israel, or of the strangers who dwell among you, who hunts and catches any animal or bird that may be eaten, he shall pour out his blood and cover it with sand, cover it with death. Don't take the blood. It says, for it is the life of all flesh. It is blood that sustains life. Blood sustains life in the same way the blood of Jesus is what sustains us here. After you, be, you become born again, you have come, you have accepted the shedding of that blood on your behalf. It sustains your life. Amen. It sustains and it keeps you going. It brings victory your way. Therefore, I said to the children of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any flesh, for the life of all flesh is in its blood. Amen. Let's look at Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22 says, for he um, says, without blood, there is no remission of sins. Matthew 26, 28 also says the same thing. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 28, he said, this is my blood that is shed for you. And is also shed for many. For the remission of sins. Some of the words that come out in these scriptures that we've looked at, you have atonement. Atonement means you are paying. It is like amendment that is made for an injury or for a wrong that has been made. The blood of Jesus is being used to amend or pay for your for, for you know the, the guilt that has come upon us by reason of the sin that we committed. Amen. One thing I want you to um, let me not even jump. Let me not go ahead of myself. So you have atonement. Atonement means payment. It says the blood is what we use to pay for sins committed. Remission of of of, of sin says without remission there is no forgiveness of sins. For our sins to be forgiven, the blood of Jesus, Jesus needed to be shed. And it's been forgiven at one time, it remains forgiven. When we fall short, you know, we fall short once in a while, that blood still does the same thing for you. It still does the same thing for you. It brings forgiveness. It pays. It makes the payments for your sins. It makes the payment for your shortcomings. And you need to, you need to be, um, you know, you need to be big on that. You need to be, you, you don't need to be confused about that. The NLT translation says the blood is given in exchange for a life. That exchange is being made by the Lord Jesus. It's been made once already for you. That exchange has been made. Jesus has paid the price. 
He has paid the price for you. You have access to God. You have access to victory. You have access to life as God has intended this for you because the payment has been made already. Payment has been made for you. What is left for us is that by faith we live. By faith, we accept what has been made for us. By faith, we live the kind of life that God has intended for you. That has already been. If you don't take it, then we are, we are, just, we are, you know, we are short, um, short changing Jesus that paid. NLT says, exchange of life is done by the blood. Amen. Um, the, the, the truth is, Ezekiel, I think it's in Ezekiel 18. The Bible says the, the soul that sins shall die. Payment needs to be made. Cancellation of debt needed to be made. And Jesus made his blood available for you and I. We need to continually remember that. Remember that payment is made for me. Cancellation of my debt is being made. The devil once in a while will come to you. He will, to, he will try to talk you into thinking that there is still a, de a debt that has not been paid yet, but it is not true. The debt was fully paid. The, 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 the penalty for your sin was completely cancelled out. The penalty was completely cancelled out. Jesus paid. Ezekiel 18, that is the requirement of the, of the law. It says every soul that sins must die. There must be shedding of the blood. If blood is not shed, there will not be released from this sin. If, 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 if there is no blood brought into the, into the holiest of all, into the, before the Lord, we, we, it's forever, the accuser of the brethren will be able to accuse you. But the truth is, the penalty has been paid. Your debt has been cancelled. Amen. Your sin has been forgiven before God. It, it stands forgiven. And every now and again that you fall short, you just need to call to mind what has been done for you. You need to be high on the fact, you need to be strong also in the fact that your sin is being paid for. And not feel, because there are times you still, you, you, you ask for forgiveness, but somehow you still don't have that boldness before the Lord. You don't have that boldness before the Father. We still feel we don't deserve this and we don't deserve that. And that is the enemy playing on your mind. Amen. That is the enemy thriving on ignorance or thriving on, on, on unbelief in your life. Jesus paid the price in full. Victory is yours, but you need to lay hold of it by faith. When we look through the scriptures, one of the things that we see is the fact that the blood of, um, you know, the issue of blood is something that runs through the whole of the scriptures, right from the beginning. In the time of um, when the children of Israel were in, were in Egypt, what do we see? Before they left the place, God said to them, I'm going to, run, I'm going to you know, um, go through the land. The firstborn of the Egyptians will die. But what I want you people to do is get an animal. Get the blood. Sprinkle the blood on your doorpost and you will be safe. They did that and they were saved that time. When they were in the wilderness, what do we see also? There was nothing that was done without the blood. Before the altar of incense, before the altar of um, you know, burnt offering, you have to sprinkle the blood. You come into the holy, holy place the altar of incense, you needed to sprinkle the blood. When the high priest would go into the holiest of all, he needed to go with the blood. I'm just trying to make you see the importance of the blood in your life and in my life. You know, that requirement of the law, because the law says in that Ezekiel 18, 20, it says without the shedding of um, the blood, there is no, it says no, it says the soul that sins must die. If there is sin, if sin is found in any family, if sin is found in anybody's life, that person cannot go forward with God. That person cannot have access to God. That person cannot see the face of God. What will need to be done is that blood must spread. And we see this, it was consistent. From the time that they were in Egypt and they were supposed to leave, God said, sprinkle the blood. When they were in the wilderness, they were sprinkling the blood. When we came into, when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus said several things also about his own blood. So you see the blood, the blood, the blood running all through from the New Testa Old Testament, all through the Old Testament and New Testament. In the time of the apostles, they said the same thing. They said, come into the holiest of all. Come with confidence because Jesus has paid with his blood. Amen. We go to um, um, Revelations. Revelation also talks to us about the fact that by the blood of Jesus, he has made us he has washed us from our sins. He has made us kings and priests unto our God. So you see the blood. You know, of course, when you read through Revelations, you see blood, blood, blood. Blood is important 
in our lives. It is important. It is there in the whole of our history. I'm just making you see that, you know, the, 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 whatever access we have to the Father today came to us on the premise of the blood of Jesus. Because for people in the Old Testament also, they couldn't do without the blood. In the New Testament, we can't do without the blood also. The blood of Jesus is what makes power available to you and I. When we pray and we go before the Father and make requests of anything, it is the blood that makes it available. The Bible says Jesus ever liveth to make intercession. He seated on the throne as the lamb that was slain. That blood, Pastor Sean said to us how many weeks ago, it speaks on your behalf. I'm letting you know the importance of the blood in your life. You know, it's unfortunate that we don't talk about the blood every time. But because we have a month like this, where we celebrate resurrection, we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it's important that you know what the blood has done for you. Blood was needed by men and women in the Old Testament. Without the blood, they couldn't access God. Without the blood, they couldn't see the face of God. Without the blood, they would have been exposed to the same calamity that, that, that the Egyptians were exposed to. But the blood shielded them from it. In the same way, the blood in the New Testament shields you from all of those things. There is strength, there is power in the blood of Jesus. The blood makes a lot available to you. Amen. Every time we, we, we cry out and we say in the name of Jesus, it is actually the blood that answers for us. Every time we make a request and say, God, I want this and I come to you in the name of Jesus, what you are saying is remember the blood. The blood is what we call upon every time. I'm just bringing to your fore the importance of the blood in the life of a believer. Such that when you take communion, the import of the blood is not lost on you. Every power that is made available to us as Christians, as children of God, as believers in Jesus Christ, is made possible by the power that the, that, that the blood of Jesus wields. The power that is resident in that blood. Everything, everything that we access is made available by the power that is in the blood of Jesus. And you know, you go through the Bible from Old Testament to the New, it's the same thing you will see. In John 6, let's look at John 6, 53 to 56. You know, as Jesus came on the scene, he said several things also about the blood. In this particular scripture, he mentioned the blood like four times. It says, without my, if you don't drink my blood, you don't have life. If you drink my blood, you have life. He said, so Jesus said again, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life. The blood grants eternal life to us. It is what makes eternal life available. We can, you can say, in Jesus' name, I have eternal life. In Jesus' name, I have access to the Father. But what you are actually calling upon every time you say, in Jesus' name, is you are knocking on the door of the blood of Jesus. The blood is what answers for us. Amen. It says, but those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. Amen. Can you see correlation between the blood of Jesus and life and power? Amen. 55. It says, for my flesh is true food and my blood is the true drink. All who eat my flesh and drink my blood remain in me and I in them. So in these four verses, Jesus four times mentioned the blood, the blood, the blood, how the blood grants you access to life. The blood grants you access to the life that is in the Father. Amen. Before Jesus left, also I think the last day before his crucifixion or before he was caught, he instituted communion for us, the Last Supper. And part of what he said also in Matthew 26 verse 28, he says... This is my blood. This is the blood of the new covenant that is shed for you and is shed for many. And he said it is for the remission of sins. It is poured out to forgive the sins of many people. I'm making you see the imports of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Because these are some of the things that some of the fathers of old and people that have gone, you know, know about. And he makes power available. Because the truth is, when you, have, when, you have, um, when you have faith and you have knowledge about, um, about what you have faith in, it produces more for you. Where there is knowledge. If I have a car, for instance, and I have knowledge, I have faith in my car, that my car will take me to where I want it to take me to. I know this car, you know, it works. There is a level of faith that you have in it when your knowledge of that car is limited. But when your knowledge about that car is increased, your faith also does what? Increases. 
So I'm, I'm taking, you know, going through this route, making us see the importance of the blood of Jesus and why the blood of Jesus is, is strong, why the blood of Jesus, you know, thinks about the blood, how the blood was necessary in the Old Testament, and how even in the New Testament now, what we do is still inched on the blood of Jesus so that you can get more out of it. Because when you have, when you have knowledge about a particular camera, that this camera can do this and do that and do that, you know, you release your faith for more. But when you think this is all this camera can do, that is all that your faith will be released for. If I know that my car can also fly on water, then I will experience that, I will experience that right? I will release my faith for that. But when I don't know, then I become limited in what I can experience. When you know how, how huge the blood of Jesus is, when you know, you know how, how important the blood of Jesus is, when you know that the benefits that we are enjoying in the, in, in the now, if you know how much it rests upon the blood of Jesus, it helps you to experience more of the power that is in the blood. Amen. You know, the apostles talked a lot also about, about the blood of Jesus. Um, in fact, the whole of the book of Hebrews, you hear talk and discussion about the tabernacle and the temple, rather, and then you hear a lot said about the blood. The Bible says in Hebrews um, 10, 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. He was saying to them, have boldness to enter, because there might not be boldness. These people have heard about how priests would enter into the holiest of all, carrying blood. Now you are being told to enter into the holiest of all, carrying nothing. He says, have boldness, because right now the blood of Jesus has been shed. We don't need to go with the physical blood, but the blood has been poured out for us once and for all. And every time you are coming before the Lord, you need to have that mental picture in your head, the way the, 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 the priests of old or the high priests of old had it in, you know, physically in their hands. You have it in your mind that Jesus has paid the, bride, the price. He has poured out his blood for you. You are not going into that place empty-handed. You are going backed up by the faith that you have in that work that Jesus did that time. Amen. He helps to make power available to you. Because you know every time you come before the Lord, every time you come before the throne, you might not see yourself carrying blood. But the truth is you go because of the fact that the blood of Jesus is being poured out in that place for you already. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? The, 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 um, in, the, in the Old Testament, to enter into the holiest of all, you must carry blood with you. The same thing exists today. It's just that you don't carry physical blood. Every time we go before the Father, you should know that you are approaching. The Bible says we enter through the new and the living way. We enter through the blood of Jesus. Every time we come before the Father, know that you are going with the blood. When he sees you, he doesn't see you coming empty-handed. You are the one that thinks you are running into his presence, you know, like that, without anything. Every time you come and you say, in the name of Jesus, you are, you are, you are invoking the power more or less that resides in the blood of Jesus. I'm just trying to bring perspective to what we do. So that every time you go before the Lord, every time you make a demand upon the name of Jesus, you know you are actually making a demand upon the power that resides in the blood that was shed for you and I. Amen. The power of Jesus, that is the victory. The power, rather, in the blood of Jesus is the victory that we experience. The power is what makes victory possible for us. It's what makes the victory that we experience in life possible for us. Amen. So victory by the blood is actually that which powers your life. It is what gives energy to your life. It is the fuel on which your life runs. The victory that is made available by the blood of Jesus. I, I, I just hope and pray that you know, you, today you have, you, have gained more, um, you have gained more appreciation. Amen. You have gained more appreciation for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is what makes victory available to you and I. What is said in this Revelation 12, 11 is very true. It says they overcame by the blood. That is how they overcame. That is how we overcame. That is how we are still overcoming. The power that resides in the blood of Jesus. Because the truth is, when you look through the whole of the scriptures, you realize there was no way God could have dealt. And when you say God, you are, you are saying there is no way or there was no way. And there is still no way that a holy God would have dealt with sinful man without the blood. That is the only thing that makes it possible for us to come before the Lord to come before the Father every time. 
You are talking of God that is holy. You are talking for a, of a man that is sinful. The Bible says his eyes are of a purer light. They cannot behold iniquity. The only thing that makes it possible for us to come every time is because you come bearing the blood, even though you might not, you might not recognize that you come bearing the blood. But every time we say in the name of Jesus, that is what the Father says. That is the only way he, could, he can relate with you and I. That is the only way he can relate with a sinner that gets born again today. Because you see from the Old Testament times that the blood, 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 was made use of or made mention of all through. From the Old Testament all through to the New Testament. It's just that when Jesus came, the dynamics changed. Is anybody appreciating the blood now? There was no way, and there is still no way, that a holy God will interact, will, 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 will communicate, will be in fellowship with an unrighteous man or a sinful man, a man that is prone to sin. Amen. Um, Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live in the midst of unclean people. The only way such a person can see the face of God. The Bible says even angels before God are not clean. Talk less of a man. The only way, the only thing that makes it possible is that we come bearing the blood. Hebrews 12, 22 to 24, I, I, I end with that. Can we see that? He says to us that every time we come, the blood is always there. Every time we come into a gathering like this, the only reason why we don't fall dead, you know, by reason of our, of our sins or things that we have, we, have, we have put ourselves into and probably you have not confessed, is because there is, a, there is the blood of Jesus. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to an innumerable company of angels. Amen. He says, you have come to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. To the judge, to, to God, the judge of all. This is the God that is rich in mercy. In him lies love, but also he has wrath for, I'll be wrath rather, for what? For sin, for evil. His eyes cannot, he is, God is, is completely, like we learn in our discipleship class, he's completely loving and at the same time completely just. In him, when you say the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, inside that righteousness, inside that holiness, you have love for, the, for man and mankind. And in the same righteousness, you have what? Anger. You have zero tolerance for, for iniquity, for sin. That is what makes God God. He's, he's loving and then he's just. You have come to the judge, the God, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men that has been made perfect. Let's go on. Last verse. He says, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. He became the, the mediator of this new covenant by his blood. It says, and you have come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. This is what makes our guardian unto God, makes it possible. Not only have you come to God, the judge of all, not only have you come to Jesus, who is the mediator of the new covenant, you have also come to what? The blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That is to tell you the power that that blood wields. Every time we gather, the blood speaks, the blood is available, the blood is also present. The same way you will find it in the, in the earliest of all, in the days of old, the same way that the high priest could not come before the Lord without the blood, even in this day when we come, we come also, we are gathered to the blood of Jesus. Amen. I want you to just say thank you to the Lord. Say thank you to the Lord for his blood. Amen. Say thank you to the Lord for his blood. This blood that makes victory available for you. This Jesus that makes access to the Father possible. That is the only way. It is through the blood, through this, this eternal blood that has been offered up for you, that you can access the Father, that you can look upon his face. It is only the blood of Jesus that makes it possible. That is the blood of Jesus that brought down the division. He brought down the, 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 the barrier that was between us and God. The blood, the blood of Jesus leveled it. The blood of Jesus has made the veil. He made it to tear completely and he told us we have access to the father now you have access you can go in you can go in the face of god can shine the light from his face can shine upon you you can carry the weight of his glory the blood of jesus made all of these things possible father we want to thank you thank you for the life of jesus that was poured out for us lord we celebrate and we bring our minds to we, we, we bring our mind to remember the sacrifice that huge sacrifice that was made for us oh god 
The Bible says when we, we know that when we fully understand this, then we don't go into sin. When we fully understand it, we don't want to put our hands into sin, even though we know the blood cleanses us. Father, this morning we just appreciate you. We appreciate you, Lord, and we appreciate again the, the, the power that resides in the blood. We appreciate again what the blood of Jesus has made available for us in the name of Jesus by granting us access to you, by granting us access to become part of your family, by paying the penalty for our sins, for getting our, our, our debts our debts completely cancelled, for making that exchange possible. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We appreciate you, O oh God, for what the blood has done. And Lord, we ask that you will, you will increase our understanding, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. You will help us, O oh God, not to live below your expectation of us, but help us to understand that this blood, even though it was shed for us once and for all, it, 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 it started something in our life. And all that he has done right now is not all that, you, that the blood has been intended to do. There is a progressive victory. There is a progressive increase of the quality of life that we should move on to and not settle for where we are. Because we know there is more. There is more that has been made available to us. Father, we ask that you will help us to grow in our understanding of who you have called us to be and help us to grow in our desire to be all that you have called us to be. Not only will we know who, but we will have that desire and we will run towards it, becoming all, allowing the full, pay, you know, the, the full effects of that payment that was done for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless you. Thank you for blessing our understanding this day, O oh God, for we've asked in the name of Jesus. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.